Once upon a midnight dreary, while I wait, that's been done. Hmm. Darkness falls across the land. No, oh, I've done that way too many times already. Oh, I'd never given much thought to how I would die. Oh, forget it. You, my friends, are listening to panelology. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 181 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. Hey, I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. There you go. <laughs> that was a little psych right there. Hey. I feel like everybody was a little confused about who they were. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a question for everybody. Are you feeling spoopy? So spoopy. It's our spooktacular. Turn down the lights. I, I just don't want to know if I admit it. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> so Brian is Brian is secretly spoopy, which is somehow yeah. appropriate. Appropriate. <laughs> Um, and everyone else is vocally spoopy. Spoopy on Always. the DL. That's yeah. it. <laughs> well, uh, horror comics. I'd ask how everyone is doing this week, but we're recording in the past, so if you want to know, go listen to episode 178 of Panelology to find out how we were. <laughs> yes. Hint, tired. <laughs> it is another <laughs> Friday night recording, so. Yeah. All End right. End of the week. That's End great. of the week. A nice, relaxing weekend full of rehearsal and recording and no downtime. And lots of reading. Yes. Do this to yourself. I do, do. and I enjoy it. Yeah. Gideon Falls. It's a book. <laughs> it, yeah, wow that is please high. please please jeff lemire or andrea sorrentino see to it that, that is the pull quote on volume four trade please 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 maybe if you do a nice oversized hardcover it's a book i think it would be the perfect quote i do too especially it's if also- you're dealing with like the russian uh education minister or whatever who's being a uh Bill Maher-esque shithead about comics. Ah, I feel like fun. there's a news story there I haven't read yet, so... The Russian education minister or whatever basically made fun of people who read comics, like Bill Maher yeah. did. Yeah. Um, Bill Maher, as good as a Russian minister. Speaking of ministers... Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Great lead-in. Bring Thank it you. right back. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> right. Good news, um, everyone. It's one of those. Brian is the one on task. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no. The the two main characters in this are Norton Sinclair, who is um a boy who was found when he was about eight years old and didn't doesn't remember his past before that. Um, and he has this compulsion to collect things from the garbage. What kind he, of like, things? Um. Pieces of wood and nails and shards of glass. Um, one might say things that were used to build a barn. Interesting. Mm. Mm, Barn-type things. Mm-hmm. The other main so, character sort of, is... Sort of an Amish compulsive disorder. Yeah. <laughs> Where does he get the last name Sinclair? Like, you just said he has the last name Sinclair, and I vaguely, I guess, remember reading this. But I also remember reading that he only remembered his first name. So... Um, I, I think that was uh, that was a continuity mistake. Because ah. later you actually see the scene where someone finds him as a boy. Okay. And he says Norton Sinclair. Then. Okay. 
Yeah. So I mean, the, maybe he made it up, but you'll you'll uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Then. Memory is also a funny thing too, and you have like the processes that are responsible for amnesia do right. not always do not affect uh, factual memory. They don't affect informational recall in the same way that they affect episodic memory. Right. Well, so it is possible to have like your name in your head without knowing where you're from or any of how you got or who you no, are. Like right they, now. the the his therapist says he only remembered his first name. Right. Oh. Yeah. There. Someone specifically says it in the book. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Regardless, the other main character is a priest who was sent to the small town of Gideon Falls um, because the former priest disappeared. And is assumed dead. And is assumed to be dead. And he comes in to take over his position. And a day later, somebody turns up dead. And he is a person of interest in that murder. <laughs> Pastor um, or preacher Fred? Yes, yeah, uh, Father Fred. Father Fred, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's one of he's, he's Catholic priests. All fucking yeah. confused. He's a he's a religion. Catholic priest. So, um, and that is, so you're kind of thrown right into the middle of this. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he, you know, there's like a place where he wakes up, and the priest that was there before him is in the room with him, and he chases and follows him out and things go very poorly from there yeah that's yeah. where the first dead bodies found yeah and then you get secret cults called the what were they called plowman. the plowman yeah the plowman yeah <laughs> yeah best and cult the... name ever <clears throat> i was about to it's say hearing good. it out loud is even funnier yeah, yeah. it is that yeah. absolutely is um but this is very, very much a there's a there's a there's a definitely a hefty dose of um, Haven thrown into yes. this. Yes, mm -hmm. with yeah. the barn. Uh huh. Um, but that is not where it kind of ends up. And so the way that I actually read the first two trades, so I've got a little bit more of the story here. Um, the first trade very definitely gives you who these two characters are, what their personalities are, who your supporting characters are going to be, yeah. and launches you into this story but you really don't get any answers in the first trade you do meet jesus you do meet jesus mm, do you though <laughs> maybe i mean um it's a version of jesus in the second trade you truly find out what is going on okay, and good. why it's a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. where where the bad comes from i guess like you should i could say yeah part of this is giving me um outcast vibes and i read like I don't even remember what trait or volume I'm up to on Outcast, and I had to give up because I'm like, you're trying to cling so hard to not letting this mystery go that you're just doing nothing. Yeah. Now. You mean yes. a Robert Kirkman book goes on constantly, <laughs> just keeping people right? hanging? Who does And a Jeff Lemire book is not afraid <clears throat> to give you the answer and then make it interesting because of how it affects the people yeah. and tells the story. Yeah. And I want to ask you a question, but I also don't necessarily want the spoiler, but I also want to know. I want to hear the question, but not the answer. I want to know if Norton is the sheriff's brother. I feel like that's... If that's not the case, then volume one is just a big fuck you to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it may be. Having only read volume one? Like... If he is not the sheriff's brother, I'm going to be like, well, okay. It could be completely Closes two just alternate forever. timelines or uh, multiverse bullshit going on at the same time. It could be. I will, I will, give, yes. you this, I will give you this answer. You get an answer to that question. Okay. 
That makes me feel better because I yeah. just don't want to read seven volumes of this and nope. be like, Man. that is that is not an ongoing mystery. What is what is going on is not an ongoing mystery to the reader, but how that's going to affect these people and what it means and all that, that is still not even close to being answered. Cool. I'm awesome. excited then. Can yeah. we... Now, I will say, if you read the back matter in the, the very first issue, he tells you this is a story that the original concepts of the, the character for Norton Sinclair started coming into being like more than 20 years ago for him. Cool. Yeah, 1996. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he's used this character kind of in a couple of short stories to kind of try him out, but it wasn't this same exact character. Yeah, and he used um, like the concept for it in some student films and stuff that he did. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but... He knows this entire story. He knows what the whole thing is. Mm -hmm. That's good. And that's part of why, I mean, that, I don't think that's unusual for him when he writes a story. No. Um, but it means that the pacing is always going to be good, and he doesn't have to rely on trying to keep it interesting with not answering questions. Yeah. And there's a defined ending that he's not going to meander to. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, and like to that same end with, with that knowledge, because the other thing I want to talk about is the art, like, this oh. statement is true both of writing and our art here. Everything is very intentionally composed. There is nothing in this that is accidental or, okay, well, we just need to hit a deadline, which is right. reality, right? Like, yeah. that's oh, yeah, not yeah. a slight against any. But everything here is, I mean, very almost just filmic in its composition even when it breaks like those kinds of of there are spreads in this that you could just never see as they're presented here on film no, but it no, still has that kind of scope and intention and perspective and the way that panels are laid out against each other to mirror each other is yep. all super super tight the book occasionally <laughs> Very yeah, there, there's, there's, you know, you'll, you'll go into a situation and turn the page, and it'll be a double spread where the page like breaks apart, yeah. and then, you know, and and yeah. the, the background falls into nothing or something or whatever. Yeah, panels are compute composed on sides of cubes, and those cubes are lined up in a Mobius strip. <laughs> Man, that one took me a minute to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> there is, there is one in the second trade where literally it's a double page spread and in the middle like at the spine it like mirrors that whole thing and the and but it's two completely separate scenes that mirror each other in weird way it's super super cool i feel like there were lots of elements of that throughout the first trade like that yeah, kind of, yes. of framing yep. on the page yeah but it goes back to your like all of that is very very intentional and selected and yeah. chosen yeah yeah the second volume of this on Comixology right now is like 89 cents an issue and I'm very tempted to grab it on Comixology before going to get it in trade because you can do that thing where it like focuses on each thing that you're supposed to actually mm -hmm. like because yeah. I feel like that might help me read this a little bit better I didn't have trouble necessarily reading it but it's one of the few that I've been like I need to go back and look at this art again well, Andrea and Sorrentino. there was like one or two occasions where I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be going across. And I will say there's a couple of places where you really need to see like the whole double page spread to figure out where you need to go next. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're just looking at one page at a time, it's a little, yeah. Well, and that's so much Sorrentino's style. Like yeah. I think the first of his work I read was his Green Arrow run with Lemire. Um, that was their first thing together. Yeah. Yeah. 
And they do this less in this book, but in that book in particular, uh, anytime there was like a big either splash or two-page spread or just a large panel with a lot going on, they would actually have smaller panel frames that were monochromatic. There's one instance of this for sure outside of whenever the barn shows up in volume one. Mm -hmm. There's one instance of this where where, uh, the nail and the sidewalk and I think the first or second issue. Oh, yeah. After his therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like. The panel will go monochromatic and there will be a little frame around it to kind of pull focus there after you've seen the big picture. But that's even without those explicitly being there. (laughs) That's still kind of how you have to parse his work sometimes because it's so detailed and so can be very fluid in composition. It's almost like uh, it's almost like the Hawkeye ab vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this book. I have the second trade on my shelf already, and I don't know, as soon as I have time post Link's Awakening, I am going to read it. This is a great, this is a great Halloween book because it is very much not like scary horror, but it is, it is very definitely horror. Like, Like, I mean, yeah. 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 It's, there are murders, there are guttings, there are that kind of thing. It's art but house it's not, horror. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was about to say, it's that kind of like horror spot that I actually legitimately enjoy even as like film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I read this after Ice Cream Man and Archie vs. Predator, which are both very heavy blood and gore and guts kind of books. And yeah. so it was very nice to be like, oh, that's a murder that I'm not kind of queasy about. Cool. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so, so like when you see those scenes, they are artfully presented. Cool, I guess. Yeah. All right, let's move on, Jen. Yes. You want to talk about some hack slash? I always want to talk about hack slash. Turns out, but I love this. I, love I am it. not surprised by this. I fucking love it. This is everything that I grew up on. It is all those good old slasher movies, but in a book. I dig it. So we have Cassie Slash. Wait, no, Cassie Hack. Cassie Hack. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get that fucked up a lot. So, Cassie Hack is the daughter of a former slasher, former because uh she killed her, killed her own mom because her mom was killing all the high school kids. That was pretty fucking great. That was a pretty great yeah. moment. And thus she began an illustrious career as a killer of slashers. Yes. It's pretty wonderful. Uh, do you get do you ever get any background on um Vlad? I honestly don't know. I've read the first two, maybe three arcs of this. Okay. And I've only read one arc so far. Well, and this story is structurally very much built as... I mean, early on, especially... It's one-shots, basically. Well, early on, it was just a series of miniseries and one-shots. Yeah. And, like, you can jump on, as far as I know, on any Hackslash miniseries without having read anything else and it still stays contained. I mean, even in the first arc, you don't even have to read all of the issues. You can just pick and choose. Um... And I think that there is a point where maybe it became an ongoing for a while. And maybe at that point we get more detail. Maybe. But then eventually Celie stepped back from it and has other writers, mostly women, uh, I believe, writing it. Like Teeny Howard has done an arc. And someone else we like a lot has done an arc. But I'm hmm. blanking. I want to say Kelly Thompson, but I don't think that's right. And adding this to my list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very good. If you like... Like, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, all that bullshit. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is definitely the book for you. Because she fights all those baddies. It, it's all those moments where you're, like, watching a movie by yourself going, No, don't go in the woods! But she goes into the woods to kill the thing that went into the woods to kill the person. Nice. It's wonderful. Yeah, She's like, there's, wonderful. 
there's this sense of like she is what happens if the victim fights back and wins mm-hmm. just as the trope like and in in terms of horror movie trips like it leans into kind of the cheesecake and a lot of those elements um but i think mm-hmm. in a very cabin in the woods kind of way does more yeah with that i would agree with that there's not a whole hell of a lot to say other than like hey disco good slash book yeah we can talk about some of the kinds of monsters. Let's do that. So the first issue, other than, you know, her, her mom, the hash-handed slasher, <laughs> uh, the first monster is sort of a mix between, like, Pet cemetery, Puppet Master, Candyman kind of vibe going on. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's very cool. Like, ur- like urban legend kind of thing? No. No? No. Okay. Not urban legend. There are pets that come back from the dead because they're being controlled by a guy who was murdered and it was covered up. Yeah. I think my favorite from what I read, and maybe just because of how weird and meta it got, is the one set at basically Comic-Con. Did you get to that one? Yes, yes, yes. The one with actual Scotty Young and Robert Kirkman as characters. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes. I love that one. It. it was so weird. That weird, weird dead baby slasher is just the weirdest <laughs> thing. So I weird. mean, I've never really been terrified of a baby before because, like, you can basically just punch those things. I mean, the concept <laughs> of one, maybe, but don't punch babies. Baby. Don't punch babies. The more Nobody you should know. punch babies. Don't kick the baby. Not but the this... mama. Not the mama. But this baby, you should punch <laughs> several times. <laughs> Hard. Hard. With a Wonderkind action figure, if you can find one. <laughs> oh my god. All right. That's probably, on... That was probably my favorite one. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I like the sound of this already. This is, uh, I'll, I will have to, uh, yeah. I did not realize that was the premise of this. That is, um... It's so good. Mm-hmm. About it's 95% so good. sure I've literally talked about this on the show before, Brian. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I forgot. That's fine. <laughs> you guys there's, a lot only, of comics. There's, there's only about 1,500 comics between then and now. I don't know. <laughs> Is I'm going to go out on a limb and say there are more than that, because it's been at okay. least yeah. two years. I, yeah, I'm... Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brent said, fuck this. Yes. <laughs> Too many to count. <laughs> uh, any last thoughts on Hackslash? Y'all go read this. A good book. <laughs> it's perfect for uh, Halloween. What you say, Meg, we talk about some ice cream, man. Oh, man. I love this book so much. You said you're through the second the second yes, side of it? Okay. I am, and I'm so bummed that I didn't... Like, I can't tell you how many times I've run into Midtown Comics today, or this week, to be like, do you have volume three? And I know I could get it on Comixology, but I'm still a little bit weird about reading on tablets. Yeah. Um... And, but man, two is like that one that has the one that causes me so much angst that I probably should call my therapist every time I read it. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yes. Uh, Neapolitan whatever. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one hurts. But uh, it starts that, you know, because this is uh, advertised as an anthology and you don't really have to read, you know, each issue to keep up. But there is an overarching story. And the way that this volume ends, I immediately was like, why the hell don't I have volume three? I need to know what happens next. Um, So volume three is not going to answer the questions you want answered in the way that you expect. Um, Here is your eternal frustration. Eternal is actually a, eternal frustration is actually a good phrase. Um, Because I will tell you this, the third volume... (gasps) 
focuses in on the two characters you think it will, but instead of being, uh, like, suburban horror, it becomes, like, existential forms of horror across time as visited, time and space, as visited (laughs) out by the conflict between these characters. I'm gonna angst through this book. Yeah. So what we've determined is what this book really is, is Meg, is Meg personal hell. It really is. Like, reading <laughs> the second volume, I loved the first volume. The first volume did nothing, like, to freak me out. But this book, this volume, like, I started reading, uh, so it starts with issue five, which is the one where the guy is falling um, off the roof. And it's, like, the horror mm. of this office building as we go down. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this issue. I really like this issue. Um, it, you know, it's that whole, when you jump off a building, you're going to have enough time that you're going to end up regretting doing this. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, then I was like, oh shit, this means that the, the, the one that gives me the biggest like anxiety is coming. Like, do I skip it? Do I not? I actually reread it very quickly. It's a silent <laughs> issue. So <laughs> just kind of like flip through it very quickly. But the one that it closes on, so I go, I can't remember which one's between those two. It'll hit me in a second. Um, I can tell you in a minute. The one <laughs> after that, Brian went to get it. <laughs> um, the imaginary friend, mm. with the girl whose best friend died of leukemia. Yeah, and and then she ends up basically getting kidnapped and almost killed and skinned alive, and <sighs> that was a lot. And basically Fuck. helped her deal with her best friend's death. <laughs> The fourth volume, hey, I think, at is... least she didn't get kidnapped and almost skinned alive. Oh no, she yeah. does get kidnapped. She follows the trail of the sprinkles to the house, and there's a man on the bed who ha- is skinned alive, and he's like, "Oh, you're next." But Caleb saves her, which is great. Oh no, that is that is number seven. So there's one after that. Oh shit! Then I don't know which one comes after. The fourth arc. Arc. The fourth set of issues, I think, is all about wordplay. There's an okay. issue that is a palindrome that can you can read the issue forward or backward. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that is fucking brilliant. Like, that is so creative. The most recent issue is about crossword puzzles. I did see Ooh. that one. I may have that one. And it's about... I kind of, like, ra- randomly collect the issues when I really like the covers. Yeah. But I know I'm going to read it in trade. Yeah. Meg, the, the number eight is about an ambulance two ambulance drivers oh i guess there are only four i keep thinking that there's yeah five. there's only four yeah. Yeah, yeah so the fourth one is the ambulance one that okay. like as the city falls apart and i kept thinking that they like stole this ambulance and they didn't it's like the ambulance people are just getting high in the ambulance and i just read this on my way to work and was <laughs> like man this is existential dread that i don't need <laughs> But uh, tr- trigger weird. warning, Jen. They find a dead clown. I saw that. Oh, it's yes. dead though, right? Yes. And, and not like slasher dead. It's not coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. They're debating what they like. Should they call the police? And then they decide to throw him off the bridge. Yeah, that is <laughs> and you that, that is how you get him himself. to come back. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. Co- well, I don't. It's know. running he may water. Come back in a later arc. Little do you know, if you throw a dead clown in running water, they can't come back. Though. <laughs> mm, I I, I heard they all true. float. God damn it, Alex. <laughs> Only down here. I don't like any of you right now. <laughs> Except Charlie. Charlie can stay. Charlie, do you like Chloe? No. Look at that face. <laughs> he does not He's like He's got the laser that eyes. Was a, that, was, that was a no face. <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> but yes, Ice Cream Man, I think it's wonderful. I think it's got... it's. I mean, it is a little bit gory at times. Uh, I mean, it's a skinned man alive on a bed, so it does get 
gory. But there's enough horror for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enough horror for everybody. We will all be traumatized. This, uh, oh, I have, I'm somewhere in the middle of the second trade on this one. And this always, this probably more than any other book kind of gives me that creep show vibe where it's, part of it's because it's an anthology, but part of it is just because the stories that it tell are almost, almost more creepy than scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're very mundane kinds of anxieties. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk I... now... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, that was it. Yeah. Let's talk now about Jughead the Hunger. You want to start with Volume 1? Uh, yes, because that's what I've read. <laughs> no, I've read that one. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jughead is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Betty Cooper... Jughead is a werewolf from a long line of werewolves. Yes. yes. Betty Cooper is a werewolf hunter from a long line of werewolf hunters. Mm-hmm. Eternally, their families are locked in combat. And uh, when people start turning up dead in Riverdale and an attempt at a cure does not seem to work, then uh, it becomes Betty versus Jughead with Betty dragging Archie along and teaching him to fight werewolves. Oh, Archie is just <laughs> so outclassed in this. Oh, so outclassed. Like, in this? Okay. I mean, there's a moment where Betty's like, hey, I've been faking all of this just to keep an eye on Jughead, and it's such a wonderful moment. I read this, and then I actually started watching the next episode I need to watch of Riverdale, and it's uh, one where Archie is trying to convince Jughead to go check on Betty, and Jughead says, look, no, Betty can handle herself, whereas you get, like, kidnapped every five minutes. (laughs) I'm gonna stay with you. Yeah. I love that we just all accept Archie as kind of a putz. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've only read one. Brian, have you read past one? Uh, I have read volume one. Okay. Maybe maybe an issue past it. So two continues in the same vein. Okay. Um, Archie accidentally bites a character that starts to create their own werewolf gang. Jughead, you mean? I was about to Jughead. say Archie yeah. does? Sorry, Jughead does. We, Archie okay. shoots Jughead. We actually yeah. see this in one. We see yeah. this character mm-hmm. uh, starting to recruit and like at the end of the last issue of one, this yeah. character has his whole gang in the gymnasium and is like, look, we don't like each other, or at least you don't like me, but we all hate the same person. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We um I can tell you the next issue I have to read is Frank and Moose. So Oh then you have read two. Oh have I? Yeah. Oh okay. Okay. Two is all about Jellybean getting kidnapped. Oh, then I have yeah. read that, yes. Yeah. This okay. is also basically four issue trade. Okay, yeah. that but that that's what was throwing me then. That's yeah. why yeah. I thought I was somewhere in the middle of two. Yeah. Two is all about Jellybean um with like a weird one off. Um this is also the one where Alex got very angry messages as well as on Facebook of like, can we stop fucking killing hot dogs? Like, <laughs> please, can, please can we stop? And Archie. I, I wondered comic? which book I wondered which book those messages were about. Because all I got was <laughs> we need to stop killing dogs in comics, especially not full fucking page spreads. Uh yeah, like oh. he's like chunked up. No. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. That's fine. Sabrina can bring him back to life. I don't know where Sabrina is in this world. Yeah, Sabrina is conspicuously absent, I would say. In yeah. This book. Like most Archie horrors, kind of, someone calls her to be like, hey, um, this is bad. Can you help? And we get the like different levels of like, Sabrina is evil, which Satan worshiper. And uh, yeah, she has not been in this one at all. Are you reading, if- as an aside, 
Are you reading the uh, arc where Archie and Sabrina start dating? No, I was wondering if I should pick that up. The The main Archie comics have been very good. I would imagine probably. Yeah. I am going to grab it when it comes out in trade. Yeah, I probably will do that. I did actually pick up the last of the Kelly Thompson Sabrina that I was mm. missing so that I can read them all. Uh, I was missing number four. You know what would be awesome? What? If these were all like oops experiment worlds that sabrina accidentally fucked up and erased <laughs> so have you read any of archie versus predator 2 no okay so i read that before reading archie versus predator 1 and archie versus predator 2 ends with them being veronica and betty being like everyone's fucking dead we don't know what we're gonna do we just need to get out of riverdale and they keep driving and they drive into riverdale and they're like how did we drive like in a circle they drive into another riverdale oh so there is an archie multiverse <gasps> And I have no idea how Archie vs. Predator 2 is going to play out because I haven't read the second issue yet. But I, it like ends with this and I'm like, I fucking love it. It's an Archieverse, yes. Yeah. Oh, the Jughead God. Time Police book involves a threat to, if not the multiverse specifically, reality. So Archie is going there. So yeah. then what if it's actually Jughead fucking up all these timelines? Oh, it's Probable. totally Jughead. Which, uh, uh, I think... I can't remember if we're going to talk about this book or not, but there is also a Jughead, The Hunger, and Vampironica. Yeah, I have. It hasn't finished yet. It, right, issue. that's why I said I don't. I don't think there's yeah. well, there's one more to it next and year. Yeah, that um that has kind of that crossover because those yeah. two take place in different universes. Yeah, because yeah. yeah yeah right. Veronica is somebody different in Jughead, The Hunger. Yeah. Yeah. So. Volume three of Jughead the Hunger is primarily this versus Frankenmoose story. Frankenmoose, yeah. And, um, and, and I thought it was done because there's not really been an announcement for issue, I think that ends with 13. So I don't think there's been an announcement for issue 14 yet. But the story is definitely not done. I think they stopped to focus on Hunger versus yeah. Vampironica. Yeah. Um, so maybe after that miniseries is done, it'll come back. Probably. Um, I, I think probably what I like most about this is how how them being you know having these afflictions whether it's werewolf or whatever it changes the characters yeah. and how they react to things and it, so it, it gives them super super different voices yeah than yeah in, yeah that is like a hard ass um basically tells jughead like you're with it like she's only staying around and hasn't killed jughead just to kind of you know for jelly bean and right like like she will straight up cold-blooded kill yeah. him yes but at yeah. the same time like it's still a version of that character's voice that fits like this is if betty mm -hmm. were always just at her limit of people's bullshit yes right yeah if she were right. always at that point this is how she sounds yeah and also archie's kind of realizing like i might be useless yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they keep giving him a gun anyway so i'm just like all right well he, i mean i'll give him credit for trying though yeah yeah um so yeah I, I am really i'm really glad it's not done maybe so. he gets the most improved award i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Also, Werewolf Jughead is attractive. I don't like <laughs> Like, he's in a suit at one point, and I was like, I don't like this. I'm ready for Werewolf Jughead to meet reluctant Werewolf Shaggy. <laughs> also a good crossover. Yes. Uh, while we are in the Archie Horrorverse, and because we've already mentioned Vampironica... Okay, I have to I have to make one point, though. Yes. If anybody does that crossover, you kill Scooby-Doo and I'm coming after you. Fucking agreed. <laughs> Don't care if you have ways of bringing them back and putting them back together. Stop it. Nope. Fair. Yeah. 
Okay, you can continue now. <laughs> Vampironica. I was a bit more meh on this one. Like, I really like all of Archie Horror, and I like what they're doing yep. and what they're trying to do with it and all this stuff. But this one is, I think, just a miniseries. It is. Yeah. Although the way that the uh, Hunger versus Vampironica is, maybe they can continue it. Um, I think we're getting another, like, one shot or a small arc starting in December. Yeah. I've seen news items about it coming back. I almost got the impression from this that they didn't they didn't know going into it where they wanted this story to go. Yeah, very much so. Right? Like they were like, "Oh, this is a great idea for a character." And they have a couple of cool concepts about it, like her not knowing the kind yeah. of that thing. But like it felt like they didn't have a direction they were moving in. Yeah, so it's a Starts out with like Veronica as a vampire killing vampires at Cheryl Blossom's party and like then flashes back to how she became a vampire. And then it was like, that's a really cool one shot. What the fuck do we do with this next kind of thing? (laughs) And I think what I love about Jughead the Hunger so much is that it gets rid of this like Betty versus Veronica thing that drives me up a wall sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Vampironica doesn't get rid of that. And there's either you gotta play it to its campiest, or like even Archie, Afterlife with Archie has a couple issues where I'm just like, okay, I get it. He's finally picked one of you, and the other is so upset. And like, it just is a love triangle that gets old occasionally. I think that's part of what I like so much about Riverdale is it has yes. never fucked with that right much. Yes. Yeah. Also, like, like Lily it and flirted Kohler with it right together. just enough to say no. Yeah. 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 But also, Lily and Cole are back together IRL. So we've seen. <laughs> We've really seen more flirtation on that show between Betty and Veronica than we have between oh. Archie and Betty. Yeah. 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 Although yeah, they, they like kiss. Yeah. Which I had to sit there and be like, which one did she mean? Because I think everybody has kissed. Yeah. I think, yeah. There is, yeah literally yeah. everyone on the show has kissed. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's yeah. an episode about, well, you know, we're the only two who haven't kissed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it's, if you're like me and just really like the Archie Horror universe, it's worth a quick read, but hopefully they decide where they want to go with it. I do not think it's bad. I think it, I think it needs some more direct. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why it's on hold while they try to figure out what they want to do with it next. Maybe so. Blossom 666. We're just going to keep trucking through Archie Horror. (laughs) Damn. I haven't read any of this because I don't have issues one and two, but it's Meg, basically it so good. Satan's cult, right? Yeah, um, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. One of the one of the Blossom kids. They know that one of the Blossom kids is the Antichrist. Yeah. Do they know which one? Nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> and there's the fun. I'm sold. <laughs> and there may be more Blossom children than you think. Oh, that Correct. doesn't surprise me at all. Yes. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. And they're all really, really awful. And man, Dilton Doily and Ethel Muggs. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I will say, I do like him in Vampironica. They actually give him something to do. Dilton? Dilton? Yes. I love Dilton yeah. when he's used correctly. When he's not, I want him to die. Yeah. yeah. They and... just get him off the table early in Jughead the Hunger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's fine too. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Kind of yeah. like Riverdale. Yeah. But um, Blossom 666 is great in that it has everything that you expect from it, but like amplified. Yeah, that, <laughs> I love that the, to the fucking max. Yes, the covers are that insane. Whole, that whole series is about the characters' interactions and specifically the the Blossom's manipulations of them. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the covers are so damn good. <laughs> yeah, they are. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost worth it for the covers alone. But the story yeah. is so good, too. Yeah, yeah, I am excited to read it. I just got by one and two. It is, like, you do get sort of a, a, a Griffins and Gargoyles feel. <laughs> from yeah, it. I can okay. see that. I can yeah. see that. Does Sabrina show up in it? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Maybe they are going to start using her less and less. That sucks. It is so good. Remind me, is Blossom 666 a miniseries or an ongoing? Miniseries. Miniseries. Cool. Yeah. I think there's six issues. That sounds correct. Yeah. How about some Archie versus Predator? <laughs> okay. Please, God, tell me about this. It is ridiculously good it is archie as like the archie you know and love it's not like a different kind of vibe for everybody yeah and they go on vacation someone wins a trip to this island and there's a predator that like overhears oh sees um veronica throw a punch and break betty's nose no so yeah okay and then betty is like wandering in the jungle like wishing she could hurt veronica and cheryl and then the predator ends up like putting himself in veronica's bag as they head back to riverdale there's a lot of spine pulling out oh yeah in this book i would hope so yep um, they do actually find Sabrina. It is a very chic Sabrina. Mm. Um, Maybe a Sabrina who's been staying with Aunt Vesta for too long. Probably. Um, there is no hot dog death, but there is another animal death, which was unfortunate. That's depressing. Not, um, not, a Reggie's dog, is it? I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. But, uh, I definitely read, um, Archie versus Predator two's issue for one and i remember laughing because it's all about how archie only talks with emojis and it made no sense it totally makes sense by the end of this i finished this and was like oh okay i don't know if i like that anymore (laughs) but uh yeah when when i i knew going in that basically everybody was gonna die and um you see a lot of that on the page you were not disappointed <laughs> no not at all there's a lot of death right. but also um who dates moose midge 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 gets really badass yeah because nice. they like get everybody in because betty and veronica are very betty and veronica and at, like one point they're talking about how they're going to survive this by like batting their eyelashes and getting everybody to fight for them Lame. and then midge shows up and like with all the weapons and a headband, and I was like, fuck yes. I feel like Midge always gets short shrift, so I'm very excited. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. All right, anything else Archie Horror before we move on? Bone Parish. Uh, This was recommended to me by friend of the show and uh, fellow comic shop goer, usually at the same time I'm there, Darren. Uh... This is a Colin Bunn book. Did I say Bone Parish? I said Bone Parish, right? You yes. did say Bone cool. Parish. It's Bone Parish. I do have a question. There are two alternate volume ones. What's up with that? Maybe one's a variant? Do they do that? It's rare, but I have seen I've variants. Seen, yeah. yeah. It's okay. happened. Yeah, as an I've, aside I've... here, because I was not sure if it really counts as horror enough to mention, but I did get myself a Bitterroot variant at Dragon Con that is nice. gorgeous. And uh, uh, Sanford did a head sketch of one of the characters on it for me. Nice. It's at least it's at least horror adjacent. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna throw that out here too. But uh, yeah, they do they do variants every now and then for trades. 
Yeah, I debated picking it up and then realized there was no way I was going to get it read. Yeah. So. so tell us about Bone Pair. So yes, this is, I don't know what entirely I expected this one to be. Uh, this is Colin Bunn. Um, and I, ex- well, I guess I expected more like overt horror, something more like Harrow County. Um, it's a crime book with horror elements. Oh. It is about basically an upstart crime family selling this drug called Ash. And you see at the top someone tripping on Ash and, like, living the life of this rock star before he just, like, bleeds out and goes crazy in the street. And then it cuts to sort of the crime aspect of it. And it's, for most of the book, it is more crime than horror. Uh, But you see the, like, three kids in this family who are sort of on the street running operations, dealing with the sellers, making the Ash. Um, One of them is pushing for more product to be made and broader distribution. Uh, And there, he's harassing the mother to, to... who's who's running the operation to do those things and she refuses and that's kind of like in terms of them sort of the central conflict there is a mobster from new york who comes in to try to mama wants a uh a like deal to sort of support his people just want to buy them out completely take over the whole operation um and then another gang gets involved and they're just gonna take it and come in and kill one of the kids and basically make the play for just intimidating them intimidating the family out of the game wow they seem like real ash holes yeah uh so ash is made from people and the hallucinations that you're having on ash are you gaining memories of their lives uh basically if i zombie were a drug it it would okay. be ash oh yeah um and there's this question of maybe you can make ash from the living and gain some form of immortality that's kind of a, lo- a, a standing question here um and it seems like the only person who you really see use it very much is the mother character and she's got a very small supply of her late husband's ash to like call on him for advice and support and you see it less as addictive for the reasons we typically see drugs as being portrayed as addictive but more and you know the ways they are and more as like it's that unwillingness to let go and to move on and kind of that grief that sort of drives the use for her um little light on the horror compared to some of the other stuff we've read but very good and i think i get the sense that like in volume two and going forward there will be more spoopy stuff Mm -hmm. all right yeah but it was fun the colors are pretty lots of nice blues and purple tones when people are tripping on ash (laughs) yeah Hey, Jen. Yeah. You've got a Colin Bun book. I do have a Colin Bun bo- book. Tell me about Cold Spots. Okay. Uh, this one, I think it leans more heavily into, into for real horror. Um, you've got this guy who is hired by his ex's father to find his ex and his daughter because they've gone missing. Did they check Texas? Um, I hear all his exes live in Texas. You know, I think he did try Texas, but it was a little too warm there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he, he tracks them down to this house on an island and weird shit keeps happening in the town that supports this island. Uh, people keep freezing to death, basically, like freezing solid to death and being shattered. Um, I remember reading the first issue of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty terrifying stuff. So he charters this boat to go out to the island and, and finds his wife and his daughter there. And it turns out that all this weird stuff has been happening because his daughter has these powers. She can summon spirits and these spirits 
When they touch you, they freeze you. When they become agitated, they get colder and colder and colder. It's very cool. It's very cool. The ending is just, like, fantastic. Also, it's not an ending because <laughs> this is not the end. It, they even say in the back of the book, this is not an ending. There will be more. Okay, cool. Because this and was originally yeah, a, a miniseries in Solicitation. Yeah. But it's yeah. Cullen Bunn and Mark Torres working together on this entire world. And man, oh. that Mark Torres art is beautiful. This color palette, it it feels so cold. Even when they're in the city, in a place that is supposed to be warm, it just just feels so chilly. Awesome. Yeah. It's super good. This one was super entertaining. Meg. Yeah. What is the girl in the bay? So this popped up as a story from 1969 where a girl is tripping balls and gets murdered and tossed into, I think, Sheep's Bay. Um, in Brooklyn. Sheep's Head Bay. Sheep's Head Bay, thank you. And then she comes out of the water and finds out someone is living her life. And I probably, to be fair, stopped reading there and was like, yeah, I'm sold, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the continuation of that is, and 50 years have passed. Ah. So that was enough to make me go, okay, wait a second. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> I am still... Not entirely sure what the fuck I read. (laughs) There's a lot of drug users in this book. (laughs) And I have no idea what was real. Was this written by Giffen or Dematis? It was, let's see. It's one of the ones I I can never remember. I can never remember which one does what. This is Dematis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's gorgeous. Like, I love the artwork. Um, And I, like, was like, is this horror? But then there's this dude that keeps popping up. I don't know if you can see. Oh, he looks friendly. Yeah. He's like this big blob of teeth and um, terrifying dreams. And, like, occasionally, uh, like, she goes to talk to her future self. And her face starts sliding off. And it's like, okay. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't have a resolution that I particularly love. But I, it was still fun to read. Like, I still don't quite get the resolution. And I love, in the beginning, there's just this moment of her just, like, letting go in the water. Yeah. And talking she, about that song. I can't remember what it is, but. Yeah, she keeps talking about this song that's, um, that is by some the guy, and it's, like, about her dying, basically. Yeah. Like, he wrote it for her dying. My mic was on mute. You couldn't hear me singing Let It Go when Jen said she let <laughs> no. go, but couldn't remember the song. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I could have just let that... Real song? I could have just let that fall into the void, and yet I made sure you all knew it. I'm just glad you didn't get us a cease and desist letter. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the song's called Pale Friend by Winston Burton. Yeah, that's it. I met a girl Burton sang over and over who told me she was dead, and I realized... Oh, wait. That's the first line of the song. I thought there was more of it. Maybe it's later. Yeah. So yeah, she's basically trying to figure out, is she dead? And this is like that last moment before she dies, kind of where all your neurons go off. Or like, is she a ghost? But people can see her and talk to her. And then she's murdered. Like, it's, it's a guy that stabs her, and he's all surround and is super confused because he murdered her, but then she didn't die. <laughs> so, it's weird. It's fucking weird. But I enjoyed it. Awesome. Little Girl, Pat Shand, Spoopy Children. This book is so good. <laughs> this 
This is another fucking book that has everything you want in horror. It's got scary children. It's got yeah, don't do that. weird. I don't do scary children. Yeah, it's fucked up and crazy. But it's got nope. weird religion. It's got people getting killed because they're cheaters. I mean, it's got stuffed animals. It's got stuffed animals, but not it's creepy cre- stuffed animals. Though. Okay. It's got no, ang- no, no. <laughs> it's got anxiety about children as symbols of your obsolescence and impending death. Yes. No, no, so on that Hodgman shit. And then it has unfortunately dog death. No, but Can we stop killing dogs. This one is for a reason. I don't like. I hate it. I hate it, and I cried like a little bitch. I cried super hard when I read this the first time, and the second, and probably the third time. Um, yeah, no, yeah, definitely the third time. But it it is for a reason, and that it makes is, it almost worse. Like it's almost harder. It's a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, it's a happy ending. The dog death is a happy ending. Yeah, so just sit on that for a minute. I don't buy that. That's it is, though. But, like, it is, though. It's also the most Pat Shand ending to a ghost story. Yeah. God, it's so good. Yeah, the thing, I think my favorite sequence in this, I think it's the second issue, is the, like, kind of not great at his job pastor. Yeah, that, <laughs> that poor guy. Like, I, I almost really didn't want him to die. I didn't want him to. Like, I felt he, very badly for him. Yeah, he's obviously going through some shit and needs some help and doesn't yeah. have anybody to help him. And maybe seeing the ghost of a dead girl who makes you go all Linda Blair every time you get near... <laughs> Her ghost or her penguin is not what this dude's. No, no, it's not. But he tries to help her. That is the best part of that. He does. He tries so hard to be there for her, (laughs) but she just sees weird religious guy. (laughs) Yeah. And is like, nope, I had enough of this. And let me tell you, girl, we get you. It's fine. We get it. (laughs) Basically, the way this is structured, it's around this stuffed penguin just going from person to person and, like, her trying to track a path back toward basically avenging herself Mm -hmm. and sort of everyone who played a role in her being dead. Yeah. In other words, it takes a village to kill a child. (laughs) It really does, though. Good to know. The story of her death, though, too, is so fucking tragic. Yeah. Tragic. It's like you don't know whether to root for the reason that she's dead, you know, to also die or not. Yeah. I mean, he said in the back matter for this, like, the thing he was trying to do was frame a ghost story around empathy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he succeeded. Yeah, like, I think that's... For everyone except for the weird, the other weird pastor. The other weird pastor. The bad pastor. Yeah, and maybe also the mother. Yeah, yeah, fuck that bitch. You did nothing. Um, But yeah, like, that's, and that's the thing I think I like the most about this, is just how much it is about empathy. Mm Mm-hmm. And dealing with trying to be empathetic in complicated situations. Yes, which is how the dog death ends up being a happy ending. Yeah. I don't want my horror to try to teach me shit. Mm-mm. Man, but Just this one does it so well, me. though. Also, that's what all good horror is about. True. No, yeah. no, no. It, yeah. Uh, like, like, teaching, like teaching you not to read the book, Alex. Yes, Alex. <laughs> Learn from horror, Alex. I'm what sorry. What did you read? Are you cursed? Everything, Should I not be talking to you? Everything. No, I, but he will be one day. Everything I know about reading the book, I learned from LeVar Burton, who told me explicitly <laughs> to take a look in a book. In the book. If the book gives you bad vibes, don't read it. If it's made of human skin, don't read don't it. Don't read it. 
How do I know? I won't that even it's touch a leather-bound skin? book. I won't if even find touch it a leather-bound creep- book. If you find it in a creepy old house, leave it the hell alone. But if someone's trying nice... to drown it in the river, don't <laughs> read it. No, let them do that. They're probably going to die right then anyway. Just walk away. That being said, I think that also saves the day in that story. So maybe, maybe you should read it. Knowledge <laughs> is power. Not always. Power isn't yes. always good. Power does just about to say that same thing. <laughs> yeah, but how is that power used? Responsibly. With great power, there must also come great responsibility. Right, and between... sometimes that responsibility is not reading the fucking book. Between LeVar Burton, <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock, and Spider-Man, I have this covered. I've Listen. been ready to go for this since I was like eight years old. Well, at least he can tell us about it. He can unpack his adjectives. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> well something is killing the children it is yeah meg did you succeed in reading this while we were recording yeah i did actually what did you think um so when they make this into a movie ben wolf how wolf heart yep is gonna play james because that's like the vibe i got the whole time although he'll be too old at that point probably yeah but also what the fuck I need it as, I, I haven't even read, I've read one issue. There's one issue. There is I one need issue. it as a miniseries or a TV show. I need something yes. that is longer than just two hours. Her mask is amazing. Everything yeah. about her is amazing. Yes. Do we know her name? Do we get a name for her in the first issue? No. Okay. I didn't think that. Who should play her? The uh, first person I went to, and I don't know if this makes sense in 2019, but it would have made sense in like 2007, because that's when I saw her on Heroes, was uh, Brea Grant. Oh, I either went oh. Emma Stone, and then I went, but Hayden Penetter, what is something? She can Penetere. play it too. She is not yeah. where I went for that. I went My to, brain went uh, to Abigail Breslin. I went to She's, always, she's too oh. old now, so. Yeah. I went to Heroes Nemesis from Heroes. Do we know how old the girl is? No, which is also why I think I'm probably about 10 years off on this, because she doesn't seem more than, like, late Late teens, teens. early 20s. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh, no, she's got the, like, Gwen Stacy hair. Maybe The problem is I just don't know many um, teenage stars, I guess. True. Oh, my God, Lily Reinhardt. I was about to say. She's not even a teenager, but still. Let's do what we always do and name Riverdale actors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But but I'm just thinking about Dark Betty. Mm. Also, I'm just thinking about thinking about Dark Betty. It's fine. Always. What? Have you seen Hustlers yet? No, No, not yet. I've seen it this weekend. I'm very excited. I'm going to red box that, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious about where this is going next. You said this is the one that, like, super keeps selling out, right? This is one of, like, two or three books in the last month to six weeks that has been on its third printing before issue one came out. That sold through two full prints before it was released. Issue number one of this came out, like, three or four weeks ago. The second printing came out two or three weeks ago. The third printing came out, like, last week or the week before. Yeah. For three weeks straight, issue number one of this, some printing of it came out. That's great. There were shops that didn't even get a chance to order the second printing. <laughs> yeah, this was one of the ones I, I have, if it says one per customer cannot put on hold, I basically grab it and go, I don't know what this is, but if I don't like it, Alex might want it. So <laughs> There is a comic shop near us, and I will not put them on blast by name, but everyone will know exactly who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that has taken to, instead of limit one per customer, on books like this and Once in Future, 
was the other one that was on like the third printing before number one came out. Um, yeah, I should have grabbed that one. Oh, it's very good. You would dig it. I know. It's really so, good. Like everything I write about it, I'm like, this is so me. Why am I not reading this? Monster fighting old ladies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Arthurian yeah. legends. But yes. there is a comic shop near us that has taken to, instead of limit one per customer on books like this, you can only buy it if you spend at least $30. Or you have to pay $30 for the issue. No, that's bullshit. That is so much bullshit. That's a problem. What kind of fucking monster? You know exactly which monster. I, is I do know legal? exactly which monster, and I hate that. Is I that know which legal? monster. Yeah, I mean they can sell it for whatever they want. Yeah, it's no different. I it's no different it's than marking up a variant, but it's yeah, it's awful. Like, I'm, do I want to put gas in my car this week, or do I want to buy yeah. a fucking comic book? Mm, I mean, yeah. I went with a couple I mean, of like, friends to pick. I think it was actually Ones of Future. I don't think it was this book, but they did it with this book, too. Like, they wanted two-ish, two books, this one and a copy of Loki. And they walked out with just Loki, because they weren't going to drop 30 bucks just to get a number one of yeah. an issue. Comixology is okay. right there. I was about to say, it's on Comixology. If you have a Comixology membership, you get 10% off. Like, yeah. they're just hurting themselves. Yeah. All they're doing is forcing their customers to go to Amazon, which is not something you should be doing. Nope. Mm, but we only want the loyalists. I mean, okay. I have also been elbowed in the head too many times in the last two months by fucking speculators. Yeah, okay. There's a happy Fair. medium. Yeah. 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 It's called us. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is why I like... I think because my comic shop is so known, they get a lot of issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, I go to the one that's not, like, in the touristy area. Yeah. So, right. it, I think, helps, too. But, I mean, like, still, you know, second coming sold out in a day. I don't know how I got this one. I must have gotten it on a Wednesday, honestly. Yeah. Any other honorable mention horror books beyond capitalism? Which is truly the greatest horror of them all. <laughs> Um, um, I've read a lot of I, horror that wasn't comics in the past two weeks, if you want me to ooh, talk about that. Bring well, it I'll, on. I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to talk about one more comic. Okay. Do it. And then we'll do that. The floor um, recognizes Brian. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is actually another Colin Bunn book, and I realized that I have read more of this than I thought, and it is Dark Ark. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And this is um, a... The supposition or the premise of this is that when Noah built his art to... You know, save the animals from the flood of the world when the world was destroyed. Save the animals, there was, save the world. That's it. That there was a second ark that was um, a man and his family who uh, worshipped uh, Satan. And they gathered all of the creatures like vampires and nagas and lamias and manticores. And they actually have the unicorns on there who aren't <laughs> evil creatures. But... They it's were ex- unicorns. They they are not evil, but oh. they are on this boat because they were exiled and forgotten by the others. So they are end up on this ark, the and, party boat, if you will. Yeah, yeah indeed. And no, well, like you find, like there's humans that are in. There's a galley uh, where there's humans chained up who are the food for these creatures. Oh. On this. Yeah. So I mean, this is like very much a horror book. Yeah. Nice. Very very much. Yeah. And. Like, it starts out with, uh, there's a harpy who sees the, the Noah's Ark, right? And she's like, you know, we could go over there and just kill them all. We'd have enough meat for the, whatever. Da, 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 and this, and Does somebody hold her back and go, no, no, they have Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> there is, well, so that's part of the thing, right? Is this, um, the, 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 the man and his family who are running, but specifically the father, is, has a deal that he will not hurt them during the time period of the flood, right? That 
all of these people have to make it through the flood to the new world to be able to establish these things. And a murder happens on the on the dark arc, and things start spiraling out of control. And yet, yeah, it's real, real good and super, super different than just about anything else. It's cool. awesome. Yeah. I also have a pair of mentions, but Meg, if you want to go so, ahead. Wait, before I do that, yeah. if you ever go to New York and you go to the Cloisters, they have an entire room that is unicorn tapestries, and you cannot fucking convince me that unicorns are a magical, <laughs> mythical creature, because this room exists, and it's from the, like, 1300s, and so I am all about, like, the... the I'm here for this. I'm How have I not been comic. there? How have I not been there, Meg? How have I not been there? Because it's like really far up Manhattan. It's like way up the A line, but it's really okay. really cool. It's um, it's part of the Met, so um, highly recommend, uh, especially this time of year or in the spring because in the winter they'll close down the outside stuff. Mm. Yeah, highly recommend. But yes, unicorn tapestries. My friend thought I was kidding. She took her students. And then she texts me. She's like, it's all unicorn tapestries. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Um, Yeah, in fact, really quick, I guess in the past two weeks, I've also read Stephen King's new book, The Institute. Um, If you want a really horrific look that's going to just keep reminding you that we are holding children at the border, read that. Oh. Mm. Um, That might be a little too real. It's, I mean... They're holding kids to use them for their telekinesis or telepathic powers, but yeah. Similar vibes. Um, Mira Grant wrote Final Girls, which is about using horror movies as um, immersion therapy. Uh, it's a novella. Basically, you go into hmm. this tube and it puts you in and someone like that you don't have a great relationship with, that you want to have a great relationship with. It puts you into a horror movie, horror movie with them. So that you bond quickly. That's um, cool. And then Dead Voices, which is a middle grade horror book. Uh, it's the second one. The first one was called Small Spaces. It's absolutely creepy. And I'm avoiding mirrors at the moment. So. <laughs> Just one perpetual shiver. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's how you know it's a good horror book is when it changes your action in some way. You're like, okay, that was creepy. I don't know what it is about adult horror, but they focus so much on like the existential angst of the world. Middle grade Mm -hmm. horror is where it's at. You want to be creeped out? Read middle grade horror. I still think the creepiest thing I've ever read was probably House of Stairs. Definitely something by that author whose name I'm blanking on. It was like my jam in the fourth and fifth grade. Okay, couple honorable mentions for me. These Savage Shores, which I'm making all of you read for this episode next year, is about a British colonial incursion into India and vampires. That's awesome. It is very good. It is absolutely fucking gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful comic books ever made. Okay. Um, there's one issue left, so there will definitely be definitely be a trade by the time we do this next year. And my other uh honorable mention here. If you want something that is spoopy but not scary, um a sort of Hufflepuff horror if you will. <laughs> Ghosted in LA. Oh yeah, I was looking at yes. that. Yes. Which is uh, about a girl who moves to go to college near her boyfriend, who then ghosts her. Although we learn in the most recent issue why, and it's a valid reason. Maybe poor execution on his part, but a valid reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and her roommate is terrible, and her best friend is not speaking to her because she flaked on her to go follow this dude. And so she stumbles upon a haunted mansion and decides to move into the haunted mansion and live among the ghosts. 
Oh, it's not I even a mansion. It's a fucking apartment yeah. complex. Okay, fair. <laughs> it's LA. Don't give her a mansion. Yeah. It's one of those apartment complexes like you see on Chuck that like uh, yeah. looks big and spacious and all of that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it is adorable and it's Cena Grace writing who did the Iceman stuff recently. Yes. And very good. Strong recommendation. It is Boombox, so it is all ages. And it is Boombox, so it is an all ages book that's very, like, LGBTQ friendly. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? All right. Um, yeah, I got a few. So I know I talked about it last year, but there's more to it than just the volume I read. Clean Room. Oh, yeah. It's pretty wow. much the best weird body horror comic. Oh, that's why it's With other horror elements. It is so good, and it's written by Gail Simone, and it's just like, oh, how can you not? I gotta, fi- I gotta finish that. Yeah, it's so good. It's so weird and creepy and gooey and not gooey yeah. at the same time. It's it's so good. Um, But, like, books... A, a, seri- a couple series of books that I read a long time ago and have recently reread. The Midnighters Trilogy by Scott Westerfeld is about a bunch of teenagers who are... The the whole world is frozen for like an hour just after midnight, except for these three or four teenagers. This oh. is Persona 3. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and all of these monsters come into the world during that hour and wreak havoc, and these kids have to fight these monsters, and it's really good. And then the other is another series by Scott Westerfeld. It's the Ugly series, which is... It, it doesn't read as horror, but it has a lot of body mod horror in it. Oh, yeah, the YA series? Yeah. Yeah, I own that. Yeah, they're both YA series. By the same author. Oh. It's, it's great. Very I cool. love them. Um, And a, 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 a video game that is freaking me out right now is Resident Evil 7 in VR. <laughs> I'm not even playing it. I'm watching somebody play it, and I can't handle it. It's making me panic. It is. It is so... Like that is one of the, I, I've watched a whole playthrough of that. No. It is one of the creepiest things I have ever. It's so creepy. Watched. Like I'm watching Mike play it, and he hasn't even I, gotten to a really truly scary I, part I, yet. I, I, you no, just hear giggles not. in the background, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, you have to turn I it off. I can't. I can't conceive of that game in VR. No. Mm-mm. Oh my god. I put I put the headset on for like a minute and walked around, and I was like, okay, that's a dead horse. Uh, I can't. Uh, no, I can't do it. Uh, nope. <laughs> Ugh. It's bad. Also a TV series worth mentioning. There's only one season. There will probably only ever be one season. But uh, Swamp Thing? <laughs> yes, that is good. Uh, and speaking of Swamp Thing, Andy, Andy Bean's in that, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he Alec? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's also in it chapter two yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> this is this is the podcast where that doesn't exist do we instead it, need it to talk about what's his name who's in that and barry oh, oh yeah yeah i need to finish that yeah that's Man. not horror though there's some like people that i never thought i'd find attractive that have suddenly become attractive and bill Hader is definitely one of those people there it like, is when like, did this like happen? weirdly <laughs> yeah like, i like, don't even know when yeah month I've but been, like, like watching barry i'm just like yeah, no, I get it. No, I get not like yeah. I get it. <laughs> God damn I it, I like, get it. <laughs> old gif of him, and I was like, "How did I not see this before?" But yeah. however, mm, let me posit this to you: hmm, in SNL, when he's ha- when he has like the scene hair and the long sleeves with the stripes, yeah. I'm into that too. Though is the thing, so I yeah. guess I could have seen it coming. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, Brian. Oh yep. 100% of the re- reason I mentioned Barry shoehorned it in there was so that conversation would happen. <laughs> that, I, that reaction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Alex, Alex, achievement unlocked. 
talk about how attractive Bill Hader was? Is he is? He is not dead. Is <laughs> and nothing has happened to him. So yeah. Hopefully, yeah. nothing does in the next three weeks either. <laughs> Please don't do that. Don't put that in the universe. Who does this, <laughs> Alex? What? Oh, Alex! Alex! You just totally created more editing for yourself potentially. I mean, it can't be worse than having to replace all of my dialogue with Siri. So <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Yes, but talk about, do not talk about a horror, horror please show. Please don't put that into the universe. I would never put that in the universe. I would just read from the book. <sighs> all right, I think that will do it for us. That's yeah. all the spoopiness we can handle this year. It's so spoopy. Ooh. Mucho spoopy. Uh, oh, hey, you know what? I should outro this, and I close the window that has the notes. We'd like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. Listen to us where you listen to podcasts. Send us questions on our website. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Share us with friends. Share us with enemies. Share us with strangers. Just share us, mostly. Share us with ghosts, zombies, vampires, any of those words. The flu? Out. Panelology? In. Let us be your communicable podcast of choice this year. Oh, God. Um, it's like one of those 90s hot not columns. Not flu. Hot us. Um, <laughs> For some reason, I feel sticky, and I think it's because Christina Aguilera's ghost just touched me. <laughs> She's not dead yet either, so I'm not putting that into the universe. It's just her 90s ghost I mean, that was no! sticky. <laughs> we recorded this three weeks ago. That's all I'm saying. Uh yeah. Um, there's something else we say at the end there. Oh, mine's at York. Three of us do mine's at York. <laughs> Man, those how rehearsals. Do, how do I am podcast? Oh, wait, this is coming out in October? Yes. Okay, so at the end of October, I have a story coming out in an anthology that happens to be about vampires and dragons. So speaking of spooky stuff, if you're not sick of it by the end of October, go get this anthology. Fuck yeah. Even if you are sick of it, go get this anthology. Support Meg. Yay. Yeah. When you tweet things about it, we will retweet them. Yeah, I'm waiting. It's a weird time right yes. now but yes don't yeah. worry i will be obnoxious about it i'm sure in about a week and a half <laughs> cool anything else you want to plug while you are here meg uh i have a blog it's uh, meggriffin.com meg with two g's and you can find every episode of panelology i've been on there as well as every other podcast that i do or have been on where can we listen to your serious xm radio show fuck you <laughs> <laughs> And fuck Google. I'm just going to put this in the Google. If you could please fix that person's social media to not be me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Jen, you got God, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a nightmare fit for October. Except it's my life. <laughs> Single white search result. Jen, you got anything to plug? Uh, not yet. Keep your eyes open for new projects. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. Or ears or whatever. Yeah. An unfortunate choice of phrasing after the word plug, but hey, <laughs> I hear Thanagarians love it. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> mm, not spoopy. Leaving it alone. It, I'm no, Alex. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Go read scary comics. Boo. <laughs> the ghost wave. Ghost wave. Ghost wave.